Wouldn't it be great if you could just tweak the name of what you offer or how you describe it and suddenly see sales explode? I'm telling you personally, it's freaky when it happens, but freaky exciting. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Hello, fellow entrepreneurs. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and today we're stepping on the accelerator pedal of business growth. James Y. Bond will tell us about his unique concept of brain glue, a concept that sticks in your client's mind and shoots up sales faster than you can imagine. James shares a fascinating story that changed a country square into a Pop-Tart. Yes, you heard it right. You'll also discover how emotionally driven strategies guide over 90% of consumer decisions. So buckle up to unravel this emotional bond with your customers and clients in our roller coaster of a conversation. Let's start the engine to success. Hey, James, welcome to the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great, Tyler. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm really excited to um, talk with you. We're going to be talking about brain glue. So I don't want to get too much into that before I ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for a living and just a little bit about your personal background? So I have four kids. I should say we have four kids because I didn't give birth to them. Let me start there. <laughs> okay. But um, they're awesome. And uh, they're in their 30s now. So it's like time like I blinked and suddenly they're old. Wow. I'm really passed quickly. I'm originally from Montreal and I ran an advertising agency in Montreal. I kind of worked my way up from there and then eventually had some of the world's biggest clients, Kraft Foods, Timex, Watches, Avon Cosmetics, Abbott Laboratories, Seagram's, their world headquarters is in Montreal. And uh, by the way, people ask how long have you been in Southern California? Then we moved to Southern California. People ask how long have you been in Southern California? Well, I said the four, we have four kids because we named our middle daughter Give her the initials LA so we'd remember. <laughs> How old's Lauren Asia, AJA, you know? And so we always do that. Just kind of fun. But uh, actually, we named her Asia, AJA, after um, Steely Dan, uh, the album. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, so she said two years ago, like, Dad, okay, I love the name Asia, too. It's really cool. How come you name me Asia? And I said, well, because of Steely Dan. So she checked it out, and then she called me back and said, they're horrible. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. <laughs> it was a parent that's really tough. But no, she she loves it now. She says it kind of wears, it works on you, you know. That's hilarious. But yes, we've been in Southern California for uh, 36 or 37 years. And uh, I ran one of California's leading behavioral management firms. I'm actually considered one of America's leading behavioral management uh, ex-specialists. So it's really fun. But when I was in Montreal, I worked my way up and won major clients. And then I had the opportunity to do the anti-drug campaign in America. This is how Brain Glue started. It wasn't called Brain Glue back then. But I had the opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America with powerful, logical reasons why you should not do drugs. And this is the problem I realized that most of us have, is that we're logical. You know, we when we start, when we launch a business or start a product or create a product or something, we get passionate about it. Oh, wow, I created this whole thing. But then when we try to sell it, we try to be very logical. Here are the... Uh, you know, the, the benefits of it, here's what it has and includes and everything else without realizing that people buy for emotional reasons. So I had the opportunity to win the anti-drug campaign in America with powerful, logical reasons why you should not do drugs. 
Then I saw the ad that beat us and it terrified me because it was a gazillion times more powerful than my ad. And it was a guy holding an egg saying, this is your brain, cracking the shell and dropping the egg into a sizzling frying pan with exaggerated sizzling sounds. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? And when I saw it, I realized two things. It was infinitely more profound than anything I knew how to do, you know, than my ad. And it was emotional selling, something I had no idea how to do. I could sell you with logic, you know, do it because of this and this and this and this. As I did research over the years, I realized over 90% of buying decisions, there are major studies that have uncovered this, over 90% of buying decisions are emotionally based, emotionally triggers, the emotion sides of the brain. That's why in marketing, we say, you want people to know, like, and trust you. You know, that's part of it, but that can't be the whole thing. It's, you know, and often certainly if we're advertising or running social media, but so what happened was I freaked out. And so I wrote your brain on drugs on a three by five card. And I put a box next to my computer and I said, I'm going to call this the passion box. And every time I see an ad or hear something, you know, it's a quote that's emotional or somehow seems to have some kind of pattern in it, but I don't understand why it's so good, but I know it's good. I'm going to put it in the passion box. You know, in the hopes that eventually I'll have so many things inside the passion box, I'll be able to understand how emotional selling works. Well, after more than 10 years of putting stuff in the box, you can imagine how much stuff I had. I'd go with my wife to a doctor's office and she would say, you know, I'd be looking through because in a doctor's office, you have magazines you don't normally read. And I'm going through like Vogue magazine or something. I go, oh, wow. And she says, don't tear it out of the magazine. I'm like, no, no, no. I got to put it in the passion box. Look at this. It's amazing. And she would sit far away like, I do not know that guy, you know. <laughs> but after more than 10 years, I moved to Southern California. I met John Gray. And John Gray wrote an incredible book, one of the best relationship books ever. And it was called Men, Women, and Relationships. And he was telling me that he was frustrated because he knew this was a fabulous book. When people read it, they loved it. But somehow it only sold a few thousand copies. And then he got this crazy idea. What if I change the title to Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus? And then, you know, tweak the content just a little so it's consistent. So you refer to it through the book, even though it's the same book. Guess what happened? Just by changing the title. Almost overnight, half a million books got sold. Then a million, then two million. I know uh, Steve Harrison, who helped him with marketing, who helped John Gray with marketing, and in my book, I say he sold 10 million copies. And Steve goes, no, he didn't. And I'm like, oh, no, he sold less. He's no, no, no. We're over 50 million copies sold now. 50 million copies. And so when I got home, this last thing, when I got home, I wrote down uh, Men Are From Mars on a 3 by 5 card so I'd remember it. And then I realized that's a metaphor. You know, men aren't really from a different planet. Some people might think we are, but, you know, <laughs> we're not really from a different planet. And when I got home, I said, I got to dump the passion box on my bed and see how many other things are metaphors. When I dumped the passion box on my bed, I suddenly realized there are 14 brain triggers, like metaphors one of four, 14, at the heart of emotional selling. And I thought my brain was going to explode because like, have I just uncovered something that nobody talks about? That's the secret to taking an ordinary product or idea and turning it into a blockbuster. And the more I started looking at things, I uncovered these patterns that are in the brain that work in the brain. And then suddenly, and people who read the book are, are go through the same thing. It's like, not only do they create their own product, change the name of a product or change how they pitch it, but they start recognizing, oh, look, that's brain glue. Oh, look, that's brain glue. And you start seeing it all over the place. And you start realizing that's why they're so successful. So yeah, anyway, that's how brain glue came about.
No, that's great. So, so that was kind of your aha moment, I guess I would say, is when you're you're on your bed with uh, a bunch of stolen magazine uh, clippings. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so you're like, aha, I've got something here. I love that. And so, can you like maybe give me layman's terms? Because where I'm getting a little bit hung up is I'm hearing emotion, I'm hearing play on words, and obviously brain glue in my head create stickiness. What is it? Like, what is brain glue? If you could, in very layman's terms, what makes us revolutionary? Is it is it the combination of all things? Because I also hear persuasion is another thing that you've mentioned that, you know, that's one of your skill sets. Is it all of the above? What, what do you think it is that, like, when he changed the title and also he sells 50 million copies, is it just the play on words or is it deeper than that? It's deeper. But it's... Okay. So what happens is the brain has patterns. And let me give you a pattern right now. Everybody listen to this, okay? Jack and Jill went up the, how many people? Okay, Hill. Now, when was the last time you heard that? You know, I mean, for me, it was like almost over 50 years ago. I'm old. What can I say? You know, and yet I remember it like it was yesterday. On my deathbed, I'll be dying there and I'll say, hey, James, Jack and Jill went up that. And I'll go, Hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack, you know, I mean, I remember it, you know, like it was yesterday because it sticks to the brain. There's certain patterns that stick to the brain. Okay. And so what happened was I have uncovered those patterns. And so now people are going, oh, I can take that pattern and apply it. And it applies not just to product names, but description to quotes. President John F. Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That's something called chiasmus. I, I put it in a box. I didn't know what it was. But once I started looking at it, I recognized the pattern. And I had a friend who was telling me, oh, yeah, that's chiasmus. I was like, what the heck's chiasmus? Well, chiasmus, let me give you some examples of what chiasmus is, okay? Poetry is A, B, A, B, you know? I'll give you an example how powerful poetry is. If the gloves don't fit, you must acquit, okay? Right. It's like, that was so powerful. It got O.J. Simpson off from an almost certain guilty verdict in a murder trial. You know, two of the jurors were asked after the trial, and one of them was answering while the other one was nodding her head in agreement, like, yeah. And the journalist said, with all that evidence, there was tons of evidence against OJ. With all that evidence against OJ, why'd you let him go free? And she says, well, we knew if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. The glove wow. didn't fit. We had to acquit. So that's poetry, okay? So chiasmus, it's a flip of poetry, okay? It works this way. Winners never quit, and quitters never win, okay? When the going gets tough, the tough get going, okay? I heard one, eat to live, don't live to eat. Okay, it's a flip. So it's really powerful. They have this. Um, uh, Einstein loved it. Einstein said, when nothing goes right, go left. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. In Southern California, we have um, you're in Northern California, but you may have them too. We have. So this family started a hamburger place and they're competing with McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's. Now, McDonald's, Burger King and Wendy's spent over $10 million on advertising in Southern California. Okay. And they spent a fortune. Okay. And these guys knew they couldn't compete with them on advertising, you know, because you couldn't run an ad. And, you know, I mean, you couldn't. So what they did was they wanted to use a brain glue tool. They didn't know it was brain glue back then, but I'll tell you, it's brain glue, a flip. Okay. They said, let's make it a drive through. And what do we call it? And they came up with the name In and Out Burgers. Okay. Well, In and Out also means sex. So let's start there. Okay. <laughs> and they put a big, they didn't have money to advertise, but they were, you know, on a, a good street corner and they put a big sign up. So you'd be driving down the street and you go, okay, in and out burgers, in and out burgers. What the heck's that? And you'd stop and you'd turn, you know, you're turning, you drive into the place and you check it out once. And you have to have a good product, you know, otherwise people won't come back. 
Sure. The thing is, if you, how many people have really great products and you're struggling? You don't need to struggle. You know, they have um, Bill Rosenberg started a restaurant. It was called Open Kettle. And he was struggling, you know, and they're struggling and struggling. And one day he came up with the idea of like, people really like donuts. So why don't we sell donuts? And why don't we have a whole bunch of different types of donuts? And he had, you know, he, so he started offering donuts and people would come into the restaurant, love the donuts, you know, have donuts and coffee, but almost nobody came to the restaurant. And so he was sitting in, in, with uh, one of the guys who worked in the restaurant with him. And he said, well, we need to come up with a name. We should have the word donuts in our name, right? So people at least know we have donuts, but what do people do with the donuts? And this guy says, well, they're dunking them in the coffee. Oh, let's call it Dunkin' Donuts. He decided to change the name. He went outside and was putting the sign up, Dunkin' Donuts. As he's putting the sign up, Dunkin' Donuts, lines start forming to come into the restaurant, all because he changed the name. Now, that was an easy one because it's he's selling donuts, didn't have donuts in the name. But people don't realize that, you know, like Shark Tank, the TV show, is, oh, wow, it's a bunch of sharks. It's a, you know, it's a, an ocean show. No, it's investors. When you're on the show, it feels like Shark Tank. I love... Um, Rocky Road ice cream. Okay, you open it up and it's got rocks in it, right? No. <laughs> you know, Rocky Road started uh, during the Great Depression. That's what it was founded by uh, a dryer's ice cream. And they actually kind of stole a name from somebody else, but that's okay. But they were struggling entrepreneurs who came up with the name Rocky Road ice cream and sales exploded. And let me tell you why, because it uses three brain triggers, okay, brain glue tools. So the first thing is, it's not, it's bumpy like a rocky road. It's not rocks. There's no rocks in it. It's chocolate ice cream with nuts and marshmallows. But they said it's kind of bumpy like a rocky road. So let's call it rocky road. Okay. So that was the first thing. The second one is it uses alliteration, which is a repetition of sounds, rocky road. And I suddenly realized as I'm looking at that, how many blockbuster products often started with zero and became blockbusters using alliteration, Coca-Cola, PayPal, Best Buy, TikTok, okay, and, you know, and um, uh, the ice cream. So uh, Rocky Road, okay, so they use the two tools. The third tool they use is comedy. You don't have to use comedy, but laughers are buyers. You can make people buy, okay? What they, they were started during the Great Depression, and the nickname for the Great Depression was Rocky Road. We're all on a rocky road. So their concept was, we're all on a rocky road anyway. We might as well have Rocky Road ice cream, you know? And so take those three tools and put them together. And they took somebody who was struggling in business and suddenly they made so much money, they never had to look back. And that's one of the things that's great about, you know, but brain glue is, you know, so I have Jack Canfield, Jack Canfield wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul and all these other books. Okay. But he sold 500 million Chicken Soup for the Soul books. I mean, he sold hundred million Chicken Soup for the Soul and 400 million of the other chicken soup in the series, chicken soup for a teenage soul, chicken soup for a cancer survivor soul. So that's 500 million books. So he doesn't need me. I mean, come on, can you imagine selling 500 books? And you make what, a buck a book? Hey, I'm okay with that. Half of, I'll take 25 cents a book. I'm okay with that. Half of, you know, I had 500 million. But he was telling me about how he came up with the name, by the way. First of all, I'll tell you that in a second. But what he, he did was he's got pissed off at me, okay? First, he said he started looking at my book and he couldn't put it down. He said, I got so many books to read. I couldn't put your damn book down. Thank you. You know, can I use that as a quote? But here's the problem I had. <laughs> I'm a logical person. So me like a like a putz, <laughs> if I can say that. What I did was it was not called Brain Glue. The book was called Sell More with the Right Brain Marketing Strategy, which is a mm. logical title for an wow. emotional book. 
And so he said, I said, can I, at first I apologize. Sorry, I made you read the book, you know, I mean, that you end up reading it. He says, no, no, I couldn't put the thing down. I'm, I'm forcing everybody in my company to read it. I said, oh, wow, can I use that as a quote? And he said, I mean, can I use your testimonials? Which he gave me a video testimonial, which is fantastic. And he said, only on one condition. You, you change the damn title. You're forcing us to be emotional. And you've got a logical title. Some more with the right brain marketing strategy. The whole book's about brain glue. You got to call it brain glue. You know, and wow. when you publish a book, it's like, uh, you know, you, you, you try to get lots of reviews. And after you pass, like, you know, I, I was like almost 100 reviews with some more with the right brain marketing strategy. People love the book, obviously. And he said, no, you got to change it. It's like, I got to go back to zero. He said, yes, you're the brain glue guy. You're teaching us all how to use brain glue. You need to call the book brain glue. That's all it's about is brain glue. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, and then you can put my, use my quote. So I, I've got, you know, his quote on my cover and all that stuff. But let me ask you a question. So you, you bring up, and this is great. So most of us or many of us have like this logical side to us. And it's very hard for us to disassociate for that in, in because brain glue is phenomenal, the name, the, the coining of it, but we wouldn't naturally think of that. We'd write out the sentence like you did. How do we get away from that? How do we, so we can, you know, speak to our audiences in a way that will have an impact on them. You don't get away from it. You start with logic. Don't turn off logic. Okay. You're always going to start with logic, but then you have to understand when I'm selling it. So come up with a logical, I mean, sell more with the right brain marketing strategy. This is the book's about, okay? Which uh, With an emotional marketing strategy, okay? So start there, get it out of your system, and then start using the brain glue tools. And I'll give you some examples. So I've so I said, rhyme, right? Rhyme, does that work? Switch your pitch if you want to get rich. Okay, how about that? You know what brain glue does? It lights the fire of desire in your buyer. <laughs> By the way, you were talking about the chat GPT. I went to chat GPT. I started putting all these things in. I said, give me some ideas. And it had like a hundred stupid ideas. Right. And it had one good one, which I thought, which is why brain glue? Because plain glue doesn't stick to the brain. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Okay. But I mean, you know, so you, you want to do stuff like that. I also have metaphors that are tremendously powerful. And I'll give you a really good example. I have to remember the name of the, the salt, Morton Salt. Okay. Morton Salt is like, I don't know, maybe a hundred years old. They started in a time when salt was clumpy, it would clump up. Mm-hmm. They put it together in such a way that it doesn't clip and it pours easily. So they, their slogan was, when it rains, it pours. It's Morton Salt. Right. When it rains, it pours. What? You mean it's raining outside and it has a little girl with an umbrella when it rains, it pours. But people immediately got, oh, that's what it is. It's, you know, it's a metaphor, but metaphors help us in ways that are better than when we understand regularly. And let me give you two metaphors. Okay. I love this one because I work with uh, uh, Warren Buffett. And so, you know, because I'm one of America's leading behavioral management specialists, what can I say? (laughs) Got lucky. But he has a line that's a great line. He says, only when the tide goes out, do you realize who's been swimming naked? (laughs) Okay. What's he basically saying is, and we could say it this way. We could say, only when times get tough, do you realize who's really good in business? Okay. That's basically what he's saying. But if he says that, you go, oh, yeah, no, sort of goes in one ear, not the other. But if he says, only when the tide goes out, do you realize who's been swimming naked? It's like, what? What did he just say? Right. You have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. And the metaphor, it triggers different parts of the brain. And when it does that, it wakes up the brain. 
If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. And the metaphor, it triggers different parts of the brain. And when it does that, it wakes up the brain. Hey, so I want to dig a little deeper. You've you've mentioned this, my research about you, I read about this, and then you mentioned it just a few minutes ago. You talk about this right side of the brain. How is that different from like normal selling versus selling from the right side of your brain? What does that mean even? Okay, well, first I've done, I was a, a major speaker for PhDs in psychology, okay? And they hate that I say right brain because it's not really the right side of the brain, it's different parts of the brain, you know? But they're using, they use all my talks, they love, because I'm teaching them stuff that even I teach uh, PhDs in psychology all the time. It's lots of fun. I major university and stuff. But right brain, you know, think of left as logical. I always remember this LL, left logical. That's how you remember. We have two sides of the brain. I mean, it's, it's mixed, okay? But it's basically conceptually two sides of the brain. The left side is logic. You know, we look at stuff. Math is logic. You know, I, I love saying to people, when is one plus one not equal two? And they kind of look at me like, uh, I don't know. I said, well, you have one flock of birds, another flock of birds. You put them together. And what do you have? Two flocks of birds? No, one plus one equals one. <laughs> you know, I mean, you get a glass of water, you know, some water and a glass of water. You put the two of them together. What do you have? One glass of water. You know, two, one plus one equals one. So we're trained logically. That's the logic side of the brain. But we make decisions emotionally. If I hated you, I don't care how great your product is, I wouldn't buy it from you. Right. Most of the time, when I even get somebody's dying, I probably buy it from you. Okay. You know, it's like doctors that have a terrible bedside manner. Okay. I don't I hate the doctor, but I definitely going to stay with them. Okay. There are certain cases where you will, but in most cases, you won't. And so, what happens is there's a Gerald Zaltman, who's a Harvard business professor, and Daniel Kahneman, who's a Nobel Prize winning psychologist. And both of them discovered that more than 90% of buying decisions are emotionally triggered. Okay, you could include logic, but it has to be emotion. You know, I can show you a fantastic product where if you go, yeah, big deal. Okay. I can show you cars. I'm selling you cars. You know, this car is okay. This car is okay. Whoa, look at the color of that car. Wow. That's really amazing. Oh, look at the fins on that car, whatever else it is. Right. You know, you start getting affected emotionally. When we're selling products or services, but when we're selling products, it's the emotion centers of the brain that need to be activated. And yet we're trained from school to focus on logic. How do you win an argument with logic? <laughs> no, you don't actually. There's students. Look at politics. Look at, I mean, there's things going on that have no logic. And, and yet people are just hooked onto it. And it's uh, it's because you have to trigger the emotion sides of the brain. It, when you do that, when you learn how to do that, it becomes tremendously powerful. Let me give you an example. With Once I started understanding how to, the power of brain glue, I started up, first I was teaching. So I teach at the Small Business Administration. So I have lots of entrepreneurs, which is fun. I started applying it with clients also, and or of course, starting with clients, and then I would start teaching it. And I had this client who had, there were three, three partners who after 10 years, they had a construction company. And after 10 years, these three guys had 2 million of sales. And that's not bad, 2 million of sales, okay? Yeah. And one year I took them to 10 million. 
And two years later, they reached 32 million in sales. So what did I do? By the way, they razzed me. They went, hey, Bond, you know, I took it from two to 10 million in sales in one year. They said, hey, it was supposed to be 12 million. And my comment was, shut up. You know, they bought each other the biggest BMW as gifts. They had so much cash. They couldn't believe how much money was coming in. Okay. I mean, it's freaky. I remember when I finally passed uh, six figures uh, into seven figures, and it was like scary. It's like, uh, I, I didn't break the law, did I? I mean, like, I remember I was telling my wife, we we're selling products online as well as coaching and then making more money selling products and coaching, even though I love coaching. And I called my wife and I said, Hey, American Express just charged our credit card a thousand bucks. And she said, Well, turn it off. I said, No, wait a second. We just made 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. I'm going to call you right back. You know, when I called her back and I said, How many thousands of dollars you made for 1,000? Of course, as a wife, what does she say? Well, spend more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. But I had this, I just I want to talk about this client. So, how did I take that from two to 10 million in sales? So these three guys, I had to make a shopping list on a whiteboard of all the different types of clients they went after. And on the list, I said, let's play a game. Let's have, let's pretend you're only going to go after one type of client. You're going to say no to everybody else. I said, we don't want to do that. I said, don't worry about it. It's a game. Okay. Took a while. And they finally said fire restoration for insurance companies. Now, I don't know what, I didn't know construction, but they explained to me that whenever an insurance company has someone who has a fire. We go in and the first thing we check is the frame. Is the frame damaged? If it is, you got to tear down the whole building. If it isn't, then you put it up and just make sure it's not going to catch fire again, but also, you know, you know, fix it up. And so I said, okay, fine. So how do we come up with a brain glue tool? Now, it wasn't called brain glue back then because I was just starting with this, okay? But I said, so the first thing they're going to think of your, your prospect is fire, right? Because their client had a fire. So let's, let's use something with the word fire in it. Why don't we call you guys the fire extinguisher for insurance companies? Well, I get the website firex.com, make it really easy. And so I went with them on the first two presentations to prospects. And I started saying, you know, just think of us as your fire extinguisher. We're not going to put out the fire, but we'll fix it after you have a fire. Well, the first thing that happened was the, the prospects would laugh. <laughs> but what was the second thing that happened? Every time they had a client that had a fire, they would go, oh, the guy's a fire. Oh, got to call my fire extinguisher. And sales exploded. We went from two to 10 million in sales. Because it's, we knew when the trigger is going to happen. The trigger is going to happen when you hear, hey, you know, John Johnson's house just burned or had a fire. Okay, fire, 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 fire extinguisher. I need to call my fire extinguisher. And it sucked to the brain. And it's because it sucked to the brain that they would call us. Now, you still have to be good. But, you know, but how, how many of us are really good and yet we struggle? It's not, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could just tweak the name of what you offer? or how you describe it and suddenly see sales explode. I'm telling you personally, it's freaky when it happens, but freaky exciting, you know? Yeah, yeah, it sounds cool. So, hey, I just on the little more salacious side. So Elizabeth Holmes, uh, Theranos, she, you know, got convicted for very big fraud, uh, a company she was developing. This could also be used for bad purposes too. In fact, I think you referenced it somewhere. Where does that line stand? How, in terms of, you know, how can we know when maybe it's being used against us in a, in a bad way versus a good way? Or what's the ethical boundaries? And I'd just be curious your thoughts around that because someone could take advantage of you if, if it's something that's fraudulent and they were sticking something to your brain, I guess. What's your thoughts around that? Well, bad people do it anyway. Yeah. And that's why I want to teach good people. We can't stop the bad people from doing it, okay? I mean, competitors to Wonder Bread, Wonder Bread invented sliced bread. When people say, wow, that's the greatest thing since sliced bread, they don't realize that they're actually referring to Wonder Bread because they invented sliced bread. Before Wonder Bread, they didn't slice the bread. And Wonder Bread is bleached. When they bleach it, 
you know, it's all white. When they bleach it, it kills all the, you know, vitamins and minerals inside it. So it was in the early part of the 20th century, they had an illness, like we had COVID, they had pellagra, okay? And pellagra is a, when you have a, a lack of vitamin B3 in your body, you become more susceptible to pellagra. So competitors came up with a quote, the whiter you're bred, the quicker you're dead, okay? In ten, for 10 years, Wonder Bread dominated the bread industry almost overnight with that phrase. And they didn't have TV back then, okay? So they would say it to journalists and newspapers and magazines, and they went, whoa, that's a cool quote because it stuck to their brain. They would actually have headlines that said, the whiter your bread, the quicker you're dead. And they threw Wonder Bread almost into bankruptcy. They had to invent you know, a fortified food. They started putting uh, niacin, which has lots of vitamin B3 and other things inside it, so they would solve it. But it's powerful enough that, yeah, enemies can use it. I love this one, and that is Pop-Tarts, okay? Uh, Pop-Tarts is is owned by Kellogg's, okay? But it was invented by Post, their competitor. And Post, how do you like to invent the product and a competitor, someone you don't like, steals it, but has such a good name that you have to go, you go to business, okay? Post cereals invented, they called it country squares. And they invented this thing and they were bragging about it for two months. They bragged about it, okay? All over the media. We have this new product coming out in two months. That's, uh, you put it in your toaster and it comes up and it's a little cake with uh, jelly inside it. And uh, we're calling it country squares. So the head of Kellogg said, what a fantastic idea. Hired some guys to figure out how to make this thing. And he came up and he said, back then, Andy Warhol was really hot. Okay. And Andy Warhol was a pop artist. So he said, pop art, everybody's got pop art on their mind. And also it pops out of the toaster. So pop, you know, so visually, you know, so you can relate to it because it's the pop out of a toaster. Why don't we call it pop tarts? And the rest, as I say, is history. Pop tarts exploded off the sales and they ran out of inventory. They actually ran ads, full page ads in major newspapers saying, we apologize that we run out of inventory because you guys love it so much, but just hang on. We're going to be filling the shelves. This is just in a few days. People didn't stand in line to get country squares. They didn't buy country squares. They waited for Pop-Tarts. I mean, can you imagine if you if you had invented something and somebody you don't like suddenly steals it and has a better name and you have to stop selling it because you can't make a dime from it? That's why, to me, I want to teach as many people as possible who are in business brain glue. If you don't apply brain glue, if you don't understand brain glue, you have a disadvantage and you don't realize it. You're, you're a sitting duck. Either you're being tortured and you shouldn't be because you have a really great product or service, but you need help. But you also need to understand that it's because you're a logical thinker you came up with a great product. But that can't be your advertising. That can't be your marketing. Your marketing has to include emotion. If it doesn't include emotion, you're, you have a disadvantage. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm getting towards the end here. I want to have some tactical takeaways if you're willing to share them. So we've got people out in the audience. They're small business owners. Give me some an idea or some takeaway that what could they do today as one actionable step uh, that applies this brain glue? I know, obviously, well, the, book. the book is obviously the biggest. The book. biggest yeah. And we have an audio book, so if you guys love audio books, it's great. Okay. And I did, by the way, I did buy your book and your audio, just so you know. Okay. And I thank you, thank you, thank you. And I didn't. I it's not me quoting it. It's that well, we actually have a really great narrator. I think he's lots of fun. So the first thing you want to do is you want to make you start with logic, get logic out of your system. So if you're starting with a with a product, to explain it logically. Okay. If you want to have a sales pitch about it, come up with a description of it logically. Okay. Then you start applying 
brain glue tools. And I'll give you two or three brain glue tools. The first one is like Squatty Potty is a good example. Okay. Squatty Potty was a, a mom who was sitting on a toilet and realized that if you raise your legs about, about 12 inches, it actually helps the shape of your body. I don't want to get too much into that. Right. But so it's toilet. So we could call it the toilet stool. But I don't know if people like the name toilet stool. It wouldn't be attractive to them. So what are some other words for toilet? And they came up with potty. And then what do I do? I'm kind of squatting, squatty potty. And squatty potty went from zero. For two people who have no business experience, it went from zero to $100 million in less than two years. They actually got a shark tank and the sharks were lining up to work with them. Why? Because squatty potty is a cool name, okay? So the first thing you want to do is name it logically, what your product is, and then look for uh, synonyms for that. Like, what's it like? You know, what are some other words for it, okay? And then that's the starting point. Then you want to use rhyme as a very good one. I With mine, switch your pitch if you want to get rich. I show you how to light the fire of desire in your buyer, okay? So just, I went desire, you know? I'm thinking of all the words, you know, want to buy. They want to buy it. It's passion and desire. Desire, okay? So does anyone, what rhymes with desire? Fire. Oh, I light the fire of desire. So you come up with that. That's a way to do it. And then the third thing is a metaphor. My product is just like, and I'll give you a quick example. Paul Tran came up with this electric razor that shaves man's private areas. I don't want to get too much into that, okay? <laughs> but he shaves private areas. So what's it like? It's just like auto. It's like a lawnmower. What if I name the product the lawnmower? An electric razor that shaves man's private areas. Then he named his company Manscaped. We're going to landscape a man, okay? Now, first, I would not, if I got one of the lawnmowers, I wouldn't share it with friends, okay? Let's start there, okay? <laughs> but I would share the story. I would say, hey, guess what I bought? A lawnmower. You need a lawnmower? Why, your lawns? No, I said, no, no. It's for man's private areas. And I'd share the story, which would go, really? The lawnmower? That sounds really cool. And then people start checking it out. So those are three tools that are really powerful is, you know, find uh, synonyms, what it's just like what, okay? And then find, you know, words that relate to what the logical word is, like squatty potty, it's a toilet, potty. And then see if you can develop rhyme for it, uh, some kind of rhyming phrase. And, you know, it's, these are powerful tools that you won't believe how powerful. I mean, I use this all the time when I coach people and it's, we're all blown away. We come up with sometimes the craziest idea and yet suddenly sales go like through, I have this candle manufacturer and uh, she did candles for um, a comedian, famous comedian and um, Ellen DeGeneres. And uh, she started having trouble as far as her business was concerned. So we started coming up with really funny named candles and suddenly her sales are exploding. And she's like talking to her, her husband and her, her sister who helped her win her company. She does over a million dollars of sales. But they like, it's ridiculous. How did that happen? <laughs> it's like, look at what's happening. It's like they're coming in and people are asking for We're running out of inventory, you know? So yeah, those are, I think, three cool tools. Well, wow, that's really good. And you know, speaking of chat GPT again, it's, I actually did this a couple of weeks ago. I was looking for words that rhyme with another word. And so I typed in the word and I said, what other words rhyme with this? And it just spit out a whole list. So that's a kind of a good little shortcut if uh, you know, you're looking for rhyming words and maybe ideas. Yeah, chat GPT gave me one. Why brain glue? Because plain glue doesn't stick to the brain. I love it. Give me a lot of junk it. too. So you have yeah, to yeah. sometimes mull through junk before you finally get something that's good. But yeah, it is fun. It is a good tool to kind of stimulate your brain. Hey, one question I'd love to end with. Is there something that you're enjoying right now, whether it be a book, a podcast, a TV show, a YouTube channel that you could share with us? Maybe we could get some enjoyment out of it too. 
there are a lot of things, but it's hard for me. And I'm not trying to sell brain glue, but I'm so caught up with brain glue that everything I read, I read an article in uh, Forbes magazine yesterday uh, morning, and it says uh, this guy who's trying to become uh, president of Argentina, and it says he's proposing to take a chainsaw to government spending. You know, no, he's not. So you have a choice of two things to say. He's going to radically cut government spending. Okay, that sounds good. Or he's going to take a chainsaw to government spending. Which one pops? And it's like, whoa. And so I, sorry, I'm just, you know, saying brain glue, but I just, I just like, I see it. Every, people are calling me, they're texting me and, and they're emailing me saying, hey, look, I just changed this. Look what happened. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just so much fun. So, I mean, to me, I'm a behavioral management specialist. I, you know, I'm considered one of California, one of America's leading behavioral management specialists. And so to me, it's more about, you know, how do humans react? You know, that's one of my favorite things. So anything that has to do with psychology and how do humans react? Predictably Irrational. That's one of my favorite books. Predictably Irrational. Okay, so you gave me one. I was going to press you a little bit. So you gave me you gave me one thing. Predictably Irrational. Great book. But they also have an audio book. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. And it shows you, you know, we think things are, we act logically. We don't really act logically. Guess what, guys? You know? You know? Cool. So obviously your book is Brain Glue on Amazon. Oh, I've got another one. Sorry, last thing. Yeah, no problem. I saw a guy that had a t-shirt that said, life sucks and then you die. And I'm going, no, this is life right now. But if any of you out there think that life is terrible, we'll send you the t-shirt, life sucks and then you die. I mean, get it, you know? That's no, it can't be that. This is life right now and you have to enjoy life. Sorry, I just thought, just as no, you're saying it, made me realize I love no, that that's a, that's a classic one. So, hey, your book uh, is Brain Glue, obviously. We've mentioned it several times. It's on Amazon. I think you got close to 150 plus reviews. The website is yesbrainglue.com. Yesbrainglue.com. You can go there. I'll also put it in the show notes at thinktyler.com. If people wanted to reach out to you, anywhere else you want them to go, LinkedIn, anywhere else to come to mind? i go to LinkedIn, but you can... It's easy. If you go to yesbrainglue.com, you'll get like tons of information on me and, and connections and stuff like that. And I'd love to hear from you guys as you start applying it or you hear about somebody that did, you know, share it with us because it's spreading the word. We want to spread the word about how powerful this is and how valuable it is and how much fun it is. Very cool. Okay. Hey, James, thanks so much. I, I love your passion about what you got. And I, I definitely agree with you. Like saying something in a different way can have such a huge impact on people. So I can't thank you enough for sharing your knowledge. And thanks again for being a guest. Oh, thank you so much, Tyler. It was lots of fun. Okay. Take care. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Thank you.
Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid.